Brain health is one of the cornerstones of optimal productivity. But what does it really mean to improve the health and functionality of your brain? My two guests today have a simple formula for helping you focus on what truly makes a difference. This is the 5AM Miracle, episode number 371. Optimize your brain for productivity with Dr. Mary Renzel and Allie Hively. Good morning, I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My guests today are co-founders of the BrainOps Group, and they specialize in helping you to optimize your brain for stress, resiliency, and performance. Dr. Mary Renzel is an assistant professor of medicine at the Cleveland Clinic Lerner College of Medicine, and Ali Hively is the founder of Kijia, a company which empowers busy women to feel their best through building habits of nutrition, mindset, and movement. And now here is my interview with Mary and Ali. So I want to begin today with a bit of your background so we get a sense more of what you're doing today. So Mary, let's begin with you. Just kind of give us a a little background story on like what your work is today, why you're excited about it possibly, and and, yeah, and what we're bringing to the show today. Sure. So I'm a neuroimmunologist. So that's a brain doctor focused on the immune system and diseases related to that. And Allie and I work together on something called um, Brain Ops Group which is optimizing brain function while you're at work. So the only reason we're at work is because our brain is working, right? So we wanted to provide opportunities, um, action steps to enhance and optimize people's brains function so they can rock their workday. Excellent. And Allie, what about you? Yes. And um, so I am a lifestyle consulting coach. So I help people make change happen in their day-to-day life. So taking all of Mary's research on the what matters most to bring resiliency and optimization and then helping people to bring it into their daily life through habits and actions. So let's dig into the topic of brain resiliency. This is one I think that uh, is going to be the, the core of our discussion today. So let's begin with, can you define it for us? What is it and why is it important? Well, the beautiful thing is there's been a definition for what we would call wellness. You know, So we hear a lot about wellness Um, since the 1940s. And the beautiful thing about that that definition is that it's not the absence of a disease or a disorder. It's more a journey toward optimization of your health. And so the same thing goes for brain optimization or performance at work, right? So we could have, you know, people can have diseases or disorders, which certainly can happen. And we know the, you know, the data shows us one out of six adults have some kind of brain disease or disorder. So, you know, I have four kids, so there are six of us in my family. So that's concerning, right? So we know that people can have conditions that may change their brain outcomes, uh, but there are things we can do day to day to optimize them. um, And that's why we're here to explain that to you. And resiliency is, you know, the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties like a toughness or an elasticity. And the brain amazingly has this capability called neuroplasticity, where it can repair and grow as we do new actions. So that's why I love this podcast talking about, you know, habits and actions, because the brain through those is growing and becoming, you know, neuroplastic, because it's not just a brick, you know, it can change over time. So are there certain things that we can do to help our brains uh, be healthier in that sense or to be more resilient? I guess, you know, I'm sure the average person who wants to achieve a lot of things that we experience, you know, stress or poor habits or bad diets or things like that. So are we 
Like, what can we do in terms of like our daily activities to want to be, you know, stronger, healthier brain people? Yeah, well, Allie and I, we're from Cleveland, Ohio, and we boiled this down to a program called CLE. Um, so uh, to make it real simple and easy to remember. So the C is for connection, the L is for lifestyle, and the E is for emotional processing. Allie, you want to go into those a little bit? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so we we just exactly that. Jeff, we hear a lot of questions on like, well, what can I do? And like, what matters most? And that's really what everyone's trying to figure out, especially, you know, as high performing, achieving people, we're trying to be more efficient, most, efi- most efficient in our lives, because of course, we have a lot of things going on. And so what we found is like, when Mary looked at all the research, we laid out this framework and really diving into each of these areas, connection. So how connected we are to those around us, how connected we are to our communities, how connected we are even to ourselves. And then lifestyle, which this is a big one. So this includes sleep and nutrition. This includes um, exercise and movement and tobacco use and alcohol. So all of those things that you do on a daily basis that are those habits that make up your lifestyle is hugely important. And we dive into like what exactly matters and how you know, how much exercise do you need and what foods really do you need to focus on? But, you know, having that healthy lifestyle is hugely important to brain resiliency. And then of course, to brain health as well. And then emotional processing. And this is, this is more of a new one. I feel like that people know about stress and they know about stress management, but do they, do they really understand that the emotional processing piece plays into their brain resiliency and their ability to move through their feelings or if they squish them down and they kind of keep them trapped in that actually has a negative impact on their resiliency and on their brain optimization and so by outlining the cle we make it simple it's not necessarily easy but it's simple to understand and realize like where you need to be active and i think one of the key things that we really focus on um, is helping people to be active in all of those spheres all the time, because it's not enough to just manage your stress, or it's not enough to just connect with people, or it's not enough to just exercise. You need to actually be active in all of those things. And so um, what Mary's really found from the research is that it is that multifaceted approach that helps you to allow your brain to build that reserve and be stronger and more resilient, especially, you know, during these times, which we're constantly being tested in. Yeah, my next question was going to be, is there one that stands out as kind of the most important? But it sounds like the better answer is more of a, I guess, a balanced lifestyle that hits all of these elements. You mentioned, I, I mean, doing this as often as possible. Is this the kind of, of balancing act where we're trying to, to do all of these things every single day? Or is it more of a, a longer term process? Well, then, you know, the nice thing, Jeff, is that sometimes it means getting rid of things. So a lot of us, um, you know, I have folks come into the office and they say, well, what pill do I have to take? I just want that supplement. That's going to be my answer. And, you know, the nice thing is you can save money. You can do things that matter. Um, and if you're active in each of these zones, if you kind of draw it out and we have a course to help people through this, but, you know, if you take three spheres, kind of draw it on a paper and assess, like, where, what are you doing? You know, look at your week, probably, you know, you don't do everything every day. Um, but do you do some kind of intentional emotional processing? Do you just actually name an emotion? Do you know just to let it go? Do you meditate? Do you journal? Do you just kind of have any kind of tools to process that? Because when uh, we look at the data and the science and the research behind this, the nerves themselves and how the nerves connect and how many almost like branches that the nerves have to connect to other nerves can be affected by our emotional health. 
So when we say, oh, you know, we had that great work day and we really got things done, you know, we love those optimal work days, but how can we have more of those? Um, sometimes you boil it down to the really the healthy behaviors and intentional behaviors in the areas that actually matter. Unfortunately, at this moment, we don't know of one supplement that saves our brain from wear and tear, um, but we do know ways to optimize it, you know, throughout our work week and our work years. And we know that time matters. And, and one thing I see in my business is a lot of people start thinking about their brain health when they're about to retire. So that tends to be, you know, late 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, but a lot of studies show, you know, there's um, actions that we take in our 20s, 30s, 40s that will um, predict what our brain will be like then in our 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, so the time is now when it's working and it's working well um, to learn about some of these behaviors you can do in each of these spheres. Um, one thing that's really hard in this time of COVID is to connect with others. So we have to be, again, intentional and doing it in a safe way. And why does the brain like that? Well, we know that we're, you know, kind of pack animals. We need people around us. And if we're isolated and lonely, and the medical literature shows people literally die earlier, strictly from loneliness, you know, so we need to be intentional about some of these areas because the brain is made to connect for other with with and, and for other people. So again, so if we just want to be a little active in each sphere connection, you know, if you if you the studies show if you do one thing in your community, like you volunteer, or you're involved in theater, or you, you know, helping Girl Scouts, um, your physical health is actually better if you're active in your community. Um, and obviously that looks very different these days with COVID, but it still can be done. You know, there's a lot happening through Zoom and other um, distanced ways. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Sometimes it means getting rid of things that just kind of waste your time and waste your money and go back to these basic areas, these spheres of action. You know, connect with others, assess your lifestyle, find your opportunities, and then emotionally process. Just learn what that means and how to do that you know, a few times a week. It doesn't mean you have to do it all day long. So one thing that I'm, I'm thinking with this conversation is that I know that I've had a lot of bad habits over the years, and I'm sure that I'm almost like unintentionally hurting my brain. And so I guess what are the things that we would be able to avoid? Because obviously it's good to connect and have a good lifestyle and to process our emotions. But are we actively hurting ourselves by doing things that we should probably stop stop doing or, or at least minimize? Right. So, you know, something as simple as um, prioritizing sleep is a good place to start. Doesn't cost any money, but it takes some discipline, um, especially with your 5 a.m. habits. I mean, there's no way you're up at 5 a.m. unless you're, you've got a good night's sleep. So, um, you know, what does that mean? So what, what are you doing with your screens in the evening? Uh, when are you exercising? Are you exercising? So there's a neat study showing even any exercise throughout the day releases a chemical in our bloodstream that then supports a better night's sleep. Um, again, so people would like to know what's the pill I can take to have a good night's sleep. Well, you know, there's so many habits um, that you can do throughout the day just to promote sleep because we're on, we have a circadian rhythm just naturally as, as biologic beings, you know, we wake up to the sun. So when you get up, you try to get some, um, some daylight into your brain because that's telling your brain this is morning. Or do you go right down to work on Zoom in the basement or the closet or wherever you, your little office, you know, so you have to be intentional about your daily patterns um, to optimize uh, brain behaviors. And so it doesn't have to be anything dramatic. You don't have to climb mountains or do, you know, three hour classes. It's just, it's more like you, like you preach and show in your books and your podcasts. It's, 
It's more of the habits, the routine habits make a huge difference over time. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. So you mentioned this idea earlier that people might assume that your brain health matters as you age more because I guess you're probably more aware of it as you age. Is there different advice depending on on, on your age? Like, should we do things differently when we're younger versus when we're older? Or is it the same basic like lifestyle goals for everyone? Yeah, I mean, there's still so much research being figured out exactly what you need to do at what age. But, you know, when you're younger, the best thing for the brain is for sure protect it from harm. Um, so it's like the helmets and the seat belts, and you know if you play a contact sport to do it in a safe way, um, you know those kind of things. But that now the literature is also supporting that lifestyle and activity matters. I mean, Allie can speak as a life coach on how to keep regular movement in your day. But when we regularly move, if we think our brain is made of billions of nerves, which are like if we want to say phone chargers, they're like little wires and a little a little block at the end, and they connect to each other. So if we want the connections to be better, um, our brain figures that out the more we do it. So there's something called long-term potentiation in the brain. That's how we learn, you know? So one time, the first time you do something is really hard, but the more times we do it, the brain makes the patterns easier to connect and actually has the nerves kind of sprout to connect. So movement really matters at all ages. Um, there's actually many studies even going back to childhood, like what happened with the brain during childhood um, to figure out what is the most impactful action. But from what we know now, when we think of heart health with no smoking, regular activity, keep your emotions in a healthy, positive way as best you can, or learn how to process them, you know, those kind of things that actually really matter for brains too. And then nutrition is something to talk that Ellie can um, share with us. But our brain actually is made of um, nerves, which have a lot of fat. So they have the covering of nerves is made of cholesterol and fat. So having healthy fat in the diet is really important for the brain to be able to repair. And the brain is also an organ that needs a lot of energy, even though it's only two or three pounds. So when you, if you think as an adult, you might weigh 170 pounds, your brain is only two or three pounds of that, but it demands almost a quarter or a third quarter of your metabolic energy, your nutrition, like your calories. 
Um, so it's it's really demanding that way. So if you're not giving it good nutrition, um, I had a person the other day at work ask me, well, is there anything I can do? I keep forgetting things at work. And I said, what's your breakfast like? He said, well, it's, it's Ho-Ho and Twinkies. <laughs> what's your lunch like? Ho-Ho and Twinkies. I'm like, yeah, I think we have some opportunities. Allie, you want to jump in? What are his opportunities? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, and well, I think that that's so true. And back to um, like your question about timing too, Jeff, like that it might, like our plan is still the same, right? Being active in those spheres. But that might look different when you're in your 30s and when you're in your 40s and when you're in your 50s. But that's the interesting part is like the the framework still stands. It's just the action piece that then shifts and changes to accommodate your lifestyle. So maybe in your 30s, you're, you know, taking spin classes and running and maybe you're still doing that in your 70s, but also maybe you're power walking or doing, you know, actions that are different, but they're still checking those boxes in those spheres, which is most important. So it's kind of like, how do you take what you know needs to happen and apply it to your personality, your age and your likes so that it actually does happen. So I think that's where the one size fits all doesn't, um, doesn't apply, but then it also is the same framework, keeping it aligned to who you are and what you are and what your life is like right now and how old you are is going to make it really attainable. So it's not like, oh, you have to do you know, you have to eat this exact meal plan. It's like, what does your meal plan look like to include all these whole foods and these um, healthy fats and, you know, lean proteins and vegetables and things that fill you up, but it's going to look different for everyone, regardless of age. And now we'll pause here for just a moment to feature our amazing sponsors. Up first is Teachable. With the holiday season quickly approaching, and as you stock up on stocking stuffers for family and friends, Don't forget to treat yourself as well and take a chance on that idea for a business or side hustle you want to take from part-time to full-time. Whether you have an offline business you'd like to take online or have a niche or passion you'd love to teach to others, Teachable is here to help. Teachable is a platform that allows independent entrepreneurs and creators to build and sell fully customizable online courses and services. Join over 100,000 instructors who have transformed their knowledge into world-class courses and have earned more than $500 million to date. Now, personally, I've been using Teachable for the last few years to host my Productivity Academy. The Teachable platform is quick to learn and provides a clean and simple course structure for all of my Academy members to watch videos, monitor their progress, and stay connected. To help you get started as a special offer for my listeners, visit teachable.com miracle and enter code miracle for 50% off your first three months on Teachable today. Again, that's teachable.com miracle and enter code miracle for 50% off your first three months on Teachable today. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that makes staying healthier and on track to your goals easier than ever with satisfying home-cooked dinners. Their recipes include options for paleo, keto, and plant-powered diets. My wife Tess and I love Green Chef's vegan food choices, and it really makes our cooking process a lot easier while adding in variety that we normally would never do on our own. Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh to offer a wider array of meal plans to choose from. There's literally something for everyone. And I love to switch between the brands for when my tastes change or when I want to eat a little differently one month. Now my listeners can enjoy both brands at a discount with me. Go to greenchef.com miracle80 and use code miracle80 to get $80 off, including free shipping. 
Once again, that's greenchef.com slash miracle80 with code miracle80 to get $80 off, including free shipping. My first impression of The Good by Caldera Lab was the scent. It's really nice. I began using this natural face serum a few weeks ago, and I noticed results right away, in just the first few days. Named by GQ as the best natural face serum for men, The Good is a non-toxic natural serum made 100% from plants. It makes my skin look and feel really smooth and fresh. And this is for all guys and all skin types. It works great with a beard, bald head, or dry scalp, keeping it all nice, shiny, and moisturized. Best of all, you can try it 100% risk-free. If you don't love it, they'll refund you in full. And right now, Caldera has a special offer for my audience. Receive 20% off your first Caldera Lab purchase of The Good. Go to calderalab.com and use discount code 5AMMIRACLE. That's one word, all caps, at checkout. That's C-A-L-D-E-R-A-L-A-B.com. And use code 5AMMIRACLE, using the numeral, not the word 5, for 20% off your first order. calderalab.com. Now, right now, do you have anything stopping you from your goals or even your own happiness? BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can begin talking to your therapist in under 24 hours. And BetterHelp is available worldwide with licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, family conflicts, LGBT matters, relationships, sleeping, grief, and trauma. BetterHelp is confidential, professional, and affordable. In fact, it's more affordable than traditional counseling and financial aid is available. You know, so many people have been using BetterHelp, they're now recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So I want you to begin to live a happier life today. And as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com 5am. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P betterhelp.com slash 5am So in regards to let's say long term brain health I know I've had uh, two grandparents who have died of Alzheimer's and I'm wondering in terms of you know long term health benefits of, of taking care of ourselves are there ways that we can avoid you know, those kind of chronic conditions or is this kind of the advice you're giving here more towards like optimizing ourselves before we might have dementia or is this uh, like a prevention method possibly yeah, I mean, that's the million dollar question. So there's still a lot of studies going on if you can prevent something like dementia. And there's different kinds of dementia. Some run in families and some happen because of what we would call vascular risk factors like smoking or cholesterol or high blood pressure or diabetes. Um, so when we say, you know, our grandparent had dementia, sometimes now what they do when they go to the doctor is they figure out exactly what kind of um, dementia. And sometimes it was called Alzheimer's but it might be a mix of things. And now they have more detailed ways and tests to determine exactly what caused it. So it helps the families kind of plan a little bit more and know what um, they may be in store for. Um, but they are finding that lifestyle and act, like we talked about the activity, the nutrition, um, stress management, that they that may be able to impact uh, the age that it starts at, or they don't know if it can totally prevent. You know, they haven't found exactly what part of lifestyle could help prevent, but they have found that it could likely that kind of healthy actions and healthy lifestyle can maybe delay the onset 
or decrease your risk of at least the kind of dementia that comes because of uh, blood vessel thinning and um, narrowing, which is what we call vascular dementia. Um, so that definitely can be impacted by lifestyle. Um, the million dollar question is, can Alzheimer's be um, uh, impacted by lifestyle? And they're still figuring that out. Some studies are suggesting maybe, but we haven't really figured out um, exactly what one needs to do or can do to change your genes, you know? Hmm. Is there a way that we can, I guess the average person could test your brain health or are there ways that we can know, like, you know, I'm 36, for example, is there a way for me to know today, like on a scale of one to 10, how healthy my brain is, or is it more of those, like we're looking for, you know, symptoms of you know, like a decline in your health over time? Yeah, there's various studies and there's, um, there's various websites that can give you kind of an assessment. Um, and there's something called the pillars of health, uh, the pillars um, that lead to long-term brain health or the increased likelihood of long-term brain health. And that's um, what we kind of boiled it down to the CLE. Um, because I think that we hear a lot about, you know, taking care of your heart and your heart health, et cetera. But we don't hear a lot about making sure that you're intentional about like the tribe, like the people you keep around you. And if you actually volunteer in your neighborhood or you stay active, in your community, um, that actually helps your long-term, your longevity, like leading, leading a purposeful long-term life. So, you know, being active in these three spheres are the be is the best thing that you can do at this point that we know for all overall, you know, brain wellness. But yeah, you could look on, um, there's an Alzheimer's Association website for a little assessment. And um, that's one way um, we have in our course, we have a resiliency uh, assessment at the beginning and end of our course. So we're glad to um, give that link to you if you want to check that out. Um, resiliency matters. Resiliency is a way of, you know, kind of stepping over obstacles or keep going in the face of obstacles. Um, and that's something that that means your brain is working, right? So you're finding out how to do things, not seeing a wall, you find a way either over it or around obstacles. And that's good brain brain work right there. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. So are there things we can do? Maybe it's a question for Ali, I guess, in terms of, of daily habits, like things we can do to, I mean, like strengthen our brain more directly. I know for a long time I grew up, 
being taught that if I did brain teasers or, you know, a crossword puzzle or something, that that would help my brain develop. Like, are there things like that that we can, on top of these other kind of core fundamentals, things we can do that would kind of assist us in, in being better long term? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like we do get that a lot, right? Mary, we always laugh, like people want to know, like, is it Sudoku or is it brain teasers? What is the what is the thing? And I think um, it's not it's not that simple as, as much as we wish it was. Those things are amazing for problem solving and regularly using your brain. So if you aren't, um, maybe you're retired or you aren't in a career anymore where you're really feeling like maybe you're home with your kids and you're not feeling like you're using your brain to problem solve and to kind of just like learn new things, make new connections, that would be, that would be definitely something. So whether you, you're using like a brain teaser, you know, that it definitely doesn't hurt because you're activating, activating your brain. But what we found that is more important are those daily habits of the framework that we've talked about because, um, because that is what allows for the actual resiliency and the health, which then makes your brain function more optimally. So I think it's like in our program or in our plan, we, we do talk about like learning new things. And so if that is what you are using, like puzzles or things like that to do, then that absolutely checks that box. But I guess it wouldn't, overcheck or wouldn't matter unless also you are doing the lifestyle pieces and you feel connected. And then, I mean, I do think the emotional processing piece is, is something that isn't comfortable if you don't understand it very clearly. So if you aren't used to feeling your feelings, you're not used to feeling sad or you're not feel used to feeling angry and you kind of squish them down like, Oh, I don't need to feel sad because everything's fine. I have it better than so-and-so those are actually the things that matter on a daily basis. Because when you do allow yourself to feel your feelings and you, or you name them like, you know what, I am really frustrated about that, or I am really disappointed in that, then you're able to move through them. That is going to matter so much more because in your brain health and in your optimization and your resiliency, than um, say a brain teaser may. So I think it, it really matters when it comes to daily habits, what are you actually doing right now? Like, where are you in your place? And I know a lot of your listeners are super efficient and effective with so many of their habits. And so for them, um, like Mary said, I think that emotional processing, stress, you know, mindfulness piece that we talk about, and then as well as the connection may be where they have an opportunity because if they are getting up early and they're, you know, getting their exercise in and all of those things, which are really great, the opportunity may come in almost like that slowing down, tuning in and kind of managing stress from an internal, from an internal place, um, which might really help them to build resiliency in the daily habits. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think we all have like our comfort zone, right? So maybe you're really outgoing, you love being with people, but you really hate exercising or you're like, you know, no, I'm not a feeling person. I'm just, I don't want to deal with that. You know? So I, I think when we look at these three spheres, there's always one that we're most comfortable in likely because of our personality or our character traits. So it takes a little more effort maybe to be a little bit active in the other two or the other, or one of them maybe is your least favorite, but the multi-system approach is the key to this. So the studies show us that, you know, like you said, that is Sudoku the answer? No, like alone, it's not. Um, but, you know, if you do that, plus, you know, you're active in the other spheres, um, likely that will, you will feel, you'll feel, feel your work days just be easier and you won't really know why. And then you'll, you'll stop probably doing some of the things that are a little harder for you. And then you think, oh, wait, what's different? Oh, I stopped journaling, right? 
I didn't think it was doing anything. It was not that impactful, you know, and then you stop it and you realize, oh, you know, I don't, I, I do get more upset in meetings. I, I am more frustrated and I, I can't really appreciate what my colleagues are saying because you're just more irritable. I was like, oh yeah, it was better when I was doing those other actions. Not that you have to do them constantly, but you just have to have a multi-pronged approach to this um, for, for optimization. So what are the best in, in terms of, I guess, daily habits that most people can engage in? I mean, you mentioned a lot of things here, but I'm thinking in terms of, you know, for the listener today, if they wanted to start a habit tomorrow that's going to be most effective, is that going to be something, I guess, where they have to assess themselves on, on those the CLE to figure out what do I need the most? Or is there just like a, a, a routine that could go through that would kind of get them set up for brain health long term? We um, definitely assessment is first. So where do I need where do I need like one through 10? Where am I in connection? Okay. I'm at a six. There's a little room for improvement there. One through 10, where am I in lifestyle? This has a lot of room for improvement or not. And then one through 10, where am I, you know, with processing emotions and those types of practices, that's first step for sure. Second step then I think would just be almost like, I mean, almost like a little checklist of ABC or I'm sorry, CLE. And so you're going through consistently like, okay, I'm feeling pretty connected. And like Mary said, not each day, but yes, also each day, if you are a habit person, which we know you are, if you're listening to this show, then having that like CLE written at the top of your calendar where you can go through and think like, am I active in these spheres? And am I just aware of them? Whether you're, you know, having lunch with a friend every day, we know that's not realistic. So just keeping the awareness that each of these matters on a regular basis is going to be huge. And then our, I mean, our biggest advice is like, start where you are. So if you know that your um, emotional processing is maybe down at like a two, you're like, I don't really know what that is. I don't meditate. I don't journal. I don't, you know, I manage stress just through exercise. Then that is going to be your number one thing to add in because those other things are already happening. And at the same time, congratulating yourself on like, yes, you, all of these things are mattering for your efficiency and they're mattering to help, you know, your day go more smooth, but they're also mattering to your brain. And so I think that's even another piece of it is like recognizing that exercise is good for a million things, right? And that getting up early and being productive and organized is good for uh, so many different things. So where is that piece that may not be really strong? And then as simple as going on, Mary and I both love just the simplicity of like going on YouTube and finding a five minute guided meditation or guided visualization can be the way that you just take action today. Or instead of journaling, because that feels very overwhelming and you're not sure what to write and what if someone looks at it and what if they judge you and all of these things that you might think in your mind, coming up with like a list of like things I want to let go of or feelings I'm feeling, feeling today. And even writing it on the back of a notebook, piece of paper, envelope, napkin, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be in this like beautiful journal that you might be imagining, but just like taking action in that sphere that you feel like has the most room for improvement is going to be what you can do today so that you're kind of building out that full plan. Where do you think that most people are struggling? I know when you mentioned CLE, the first thing that I noticed was the, the emotional side is one I definitely don't deal with well enough personally. And so I'm just wondering, like, are, are do other trends where most people are struggling in certain areas or is it really individualized? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think the emotional processing is sometimes just a black box. Like, we don't know what that means. I have no, you know, like interpret that, you know, so I saw a great guided meditation with this and it just showed like koi fish swimming by and it's like, just take a sticky note and put your feeling on that and just watch it swim by. It doesn't give it power. It just names it. 
Um, and, you know, I, I don't know that we as, as adults have a lesson on how to do this over life. And sometimes we take the skills that we learn from our family of origin, our friends. Um, so, you know, we just want to normalize. Yes, you can have a range of emotions in one minute. It could be totally different in another minute. And if we let these kind of build and grow, they can turn into physical symptoms. I mean, we've all known, you know, our stomach may feel upset. If we're upset, our shoulders might get tight. Um, and that's fine. It's, it's fine to have emotions, but it's good to be able to name them and not give them as much power. The more we don't name them, the more sometimes they will have physical power over us or they'll take our concentration, right? So um, emotions are healthy and normal and, and it's healthy and normal that they can be opposing at the same time. Um, we get uncomfortable if they get out of a certain range and certainly COVID is pushing emotions in certain <laughs> ranges we're not comfortable with. Um, and so I would say, you know, please see a professional if the emotions are in a really extreme range and you're not sure how to handle it because, uh, you know, a counselor or a psychologist could help someone um, just map it out. How do you do this? Uh, but I would say a simple way, like Ali said, I love YouTube. It's free and easy. Um, you could just look up 20, get 20 minute, you know, guided meditation for feelings or just how do you write down your feelings, you know? Um, and it, as simple as just taking a piece of paper, like you said, you're going to just throw away and just write, I feel, boom, just write down, you have to list, you know, five to seven emotions and you'll see they vary quite widely in, a, in any moment. And that's fine. You know, it just, it gives them less power when you name them. Yeah. And I also think though, the lifestyle is a huge one for people too. And you're saying like, which, which one of the spheres is the hardest for people. I mean, that is just very, very loaded. So emotional processing definitely we find is the most mysterious for people. And then lifestyle might be the trickiest because it does involve nutrition and exercise and sleep and alcohol and tobacco. And so there's just, that really includes, you know, how you live each day. And so I feel like as a mass population, there's always so much room to be done in that space. But as far as like, um, the mystery and the understanding which of these spheres means what and how do I apply it? Like we do pretty much have a good understanding or have a lot of resources on lifestyle. It's just a matter of like, how do we make that happen in our lives? So it is interesting. It does change person to person. Um, but I think those are, those are both really loaded for different reasons. So I have spent a lot of time in my life uh, as a marathon runner, and I had learned quite a bit about health back when I first got started. And one of the things I, I picked up on was that there are certain types of, of physical movements that we do that are probably better for our brains than others. Obviously, you know, playing contact sports, you're bashing your heads together is probably not the best. But uh, are, are there certain movements that are going to, I guess, lead us to longer term health for our brains? Or is it one of those cases where exercise is just good overall? Yeah, and again, this kind of depends where people are starting. Um, but the interesting thing is some of the physical therapists and occupational therapists out there have figured out that it's even more brain exercise when you're walking and like doing math or like running, if you run outside rather than inside. So if you are on the treadmill and there's no change in where your feet are landing, your brain has to work less hard. But if you're running outside, you have to watch for sticks and rocks and things. And so your brain is doing more. Um, so if you're finding like, how can I uh, just step it up a notch, you know, you want to throw in sometimes an added level to what you're doing. And the, if you're not an exerciser, the American Heart Association recommends 150 minutes a week 
of moderate level exercise or movement that will get your heart rate up and your breath up a little bit, but where you can still talk. And also then two days a week of weights. So if you're not an exerciser, that's a goal to hit. And then, you know, the, that's where you start 150 minutes a week. And they, the recommendation for adults is to get up to 300 minutes a week of moderate level movement. Um, so yeah, there's no right or wrong. And again, like Allie was talking about, it may depend on your age and your abilities and any other injuries you might have or your equipment that you have access to these days. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan of YouTube and finding, you know, a silly dance video or a, you know, hit video or a, you know, weightlifting video and just, and just changing it up. So is there anything that I missed today? I feel like there's a lot we could discuss about brain health and I want to make sure that if there's something super important you want to mention today, I, I guess let's, let's go ahead and, and discuss that. I think one interesting study lately that I saw, Jeff, was that there, there was a functional MRI study. So that's when um, people lay in an MRI machine and it takes pictures of the brain, like what parts of the brain are active. And the, the task when they were in there was looking at videos of faces and the, all the faces had different emotions and how rested the, um, the people were in the MRI, like if they had a, had a good night's sleep they could see happiness in other faces. They could see anger. They could assess the faces better. If they were sleep deprived, they saw anger more often. So I thought that was very interesting that, you know, when you say, what can we do for our brain? And we talk about this CLE, um, the importance of it, of even how we see the world or perceive the world um, can be changed by our, you know, daily habits. So it shows a lot of power to our daily habits. And that's why, you know, we just wanted to bring this to people's attention because I I think people, you know, in my experience as a doc, um, I don't see people, you know, really getting on their radar until they're in their 60s typically. So where can we learn more from you? I, obviously, there's a lot here to dig into. You mentioned there's a, a link for a sort of th more things we can dig into. So, uh, yeah, where can we go? Yeah, so we, we have a website, brainopsgroup.com, and that gives insight on our course, like we were talking, the biohacking, your resiliency course. So that's a four-week self-guided program where you can really dive into all the things that we've talked about. You can figure out how to apply the framework to your life. Um, and then we're both on LinkedIn and we'd love to connect. And yeah, so find us there. Okay, perfect. All those links for our listeners this week in the show notes page. Other than that, uh, yeah, Mary and Allie, this has been wonderful. I'm, I'm excited to change my own habits to focus more on brain health. Obviously, that's important for all of us. So I'm glad you're on the show today. And yeah, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity, Jeff, and stay well. And for that action step this week, work on your brain health. Mary and Allie have a simple system in place to help improve your brain through connection, lifestyle, and emotional health. Figure out where you are struggling the most and work on that area of your life. As your brain improves, so will your productivity. And for the show notes page this week, go to jeffsanders.com slash 371. And that's all I've got for you this week here on the 5am Miracle Podcast. Until next time, you have the power to change your life. And the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. 
His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen Podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.